0: This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit RedemptionAZ.com. If you need one, get a Bible in your hands. Turn to Ephesians chapter number uh, 2 chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. We usually preach through uh, books of the Bible, so right now we are in a series in Ephesians, yes. and so we're going to continue that series uh, because by God's providence and and some good prayer and planning, uh, it, it fell on this chapter today, on this text, and so there's no better one to preach. So if you don't have your Bibles, this is our gift this is our gift to you. If you do have a Bible and you just didn't bring it with you today, get one in your hands and turn there with us yeah. this morning.
1: Now, as you guys are turning, let me get you, like, just caught up. Like, because sometimes we have visitors that are in, and if you're visiting, thank you so much for for fellowshipping with us and, and worshiping our, our, our king this morning. So, like Pastor Aaron said, we've been trekking through the book of Ephesians since January. We started this this 10-month um, trek through the book, and we have just finished chapter one, right? We've just finished. So since January, we just finished chapter one. And last week, Pastor Aaron did this this flyover overview of of, of what we was getting out of chapter one. And the bulk of it, one of the things he pointed out was that in chapter one, Paul was basically showing us the realities of this relationship that we've been drawn into, Right, There's this, this, this love relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and he's drawn us into the midst of that relationship. And, and what Paul was doing was saying, this is what the relationship looks like. Here's some of the beautiful realities of this relationship um, that, that he's drawn us, drawn us into. When we started to take a glimpse into chapter 2, right? A little, a little glimpse, and, and, and we looked at verses 1 and 3, so where in chapter 1, he indu- introduces us to the beauties of the relationship that we now are in. in chapter 2, as we start to take a little peek inside of it, he starts by exposing us to the dark realities of the lives that we had before the relationship. Right, look, 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 now you've seen the beauties of this new relationship. Let me remind you of how dark your relationship actually was before, right? right. So, so he starts to, to look into that and talk to, to basically say, listen, we were, were living as corpses trapped in a cycle of death and bondage that, uh, that operated in a, a, a systematic level, uh, a personal level that was breeding a culture of death and bondage. Like, this was your life before. Death and bondage, death and bondage in every single aspect of life. Like, we was the real resident evil of the planet, right? And he's letting us know this thing. Like, this was your life before. And and, and then in in, in three, he described what it looks like because I can tell you it and it sounds Super like, oh, that's not me. But he said it it was this life where we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And the problem is we only had a passion and a desire for dead things. Ah. That was the deal and that was the reality that our lives were before being Awaken in Christ.
0: And not only have we been brought into a relationship with Christ, but we have been brought up into His story. That's the beauty of this. The beauty is not only have we been brought into a relationship... But we've been brought into this story. All through chapter 1, they're talking about a story that has already been existed, that God had chosen a people and those people had been living in this story as His chosen people. But now, because of the work of Christ, what is happening is, He's telling this story that He's brought them out of and He's brought them into this adoption and this relationship. And they're going, yeah, that is, that is what God's done. And then He's going, but I'm including all of these, all these who were outsiders are now being brought into this family, and this gospel is being uh, displayed through the work of Christ being sent out to all nations, and all these peoples, and all tribes and tongues, these people are being brought into not only a relationship with God, but into His plan and purpose, and into His story, that story is Shown to us throughout his word, shown to us throughout history, that his spirit is revealing to us, this unfolding work that is accomplished in Christ. Now, as we looked at those, um, what we we end up seeing is as we had this past, right? We had this sin nature, this this dead man walking. The reason why chapter 2 starts there is because the children of Israel tend to forget what it was like in slavery. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't do that, right? Y'all don't come into this new life and then find yourself in places going, it was better when. It was better when this was happening. It was better when I was in slavery. I want to go back to Egypt. So what he's saying to them is, you need to remember that you were actually dead. Because we have a tendency to come into this new life and start grumbling immediately. The food was better there. The pleasure was better there. In slavery, we actually ate whatever we wanted. Like, all of a sudden, when you get some distance from it, you start seeing it a lot differently. When you were there, you were crying because you were in slavery, and now you look back and you go, no. So he's going, no, no, no. Let's actually remember what you were like, right? You were slaves. You were just like everybody else. You were dead. That's what it was, and then it goes into Ephesians chapter 4, verse chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. So let's stand and we're going to read those. We're going to make a few points because we don't got a lot of time today. So we are in a little bit of a rush. If you don't know, both of us up here. He puts his hand on me. He said. No, no, no. We. I said we. We we are in a little bit of a rush. And and if you don't know, if you're new with us today, it's not just like we're We're both lead pastors here. And so you're like, what are these two guys up here uh, talking about? We're, we're, this is Wayne, and I'm Aaron. If you haven't met us, we'd love to meet you. Uh, and so I'm sorry, we didn't introduce ourselves. So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, let's stand in reading to God's Word, and remember this is His Word.
1: But God, being rich in mercy... Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. seated. Amen.
0: Now we're going to run through this quick, so I, I want you to write this down. I, I could just stop. If, if, if I was in a different place with an organist, I would preach that but God for about an hour, right? Uh, uh, because I, I'm going to tell you, th- you could stop the whole text right there and just hear but but God, right? You could talk about how dead I was, how much in slavery I was, how, how, how trapped I was, and you could stop right there, and many of us just stay in that place. But for us, we get to come to the but. Thank God for the but. Can you say amen to that? It would be really dark without chapter, without verse number four. But God... But God, there, that, that ends, that ends the, 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 the conversation. That ends the whole, yes, this is what you were, but God. How many of you can say, but God? Okay, <laughs> but God, who was, who is, wealthy and loving? Here's why this is important. There are many of us who are loving but don't have the wealth to do anything. We would want to save people, but we're not rich enough. We would want to rescue people, but we're not capable. And then there are those who may have wealth but don't have love. They've got all the resources, but they're using it and spending it on themselves. They think they have all the resources. But what this verse says is, but God, you were dead, but our God has all of the wealth and resources and mercies. He's rich and he's loving, which means he has everything he needs to do the work. And he has all the love and grace and mercy that he would pour out and spend all. Of it and lavish it all upon us. But this God, and it's rooted in His character, He has all the wealth and He has all the love. And He is spending that wealth in extravagant ways
1: on His children. Verse five, and you, 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 you think about this this God that's, that's wealthy and, and loving and merciful, right? And then five, he says, even when we was dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ, yes. right? Yes. Right? And he says, this is by, by his grace. Yes. You know, sometimes, like, people will talk about Jesus, his ministry, and like, man, his, his earthly ministry was, was for three years, Right? But the thing here, that the three years, that's just when he died, you see. He died in three years, but he was resurrected and made alive, right? And after he was resurrected and, and, and made alive, he showed himself to over 500 people and showed himself to, 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 to his disciples, and, and he continued his earthly ministry, right? He was made alive, and he continued his earthly ministry. He even ascended and then sent his spirit to live inside of dead people and make them alive yes. so he can continue with earthly ministry. Yes. 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 This is important here because he, he's pointing out that, that we were made alive together with Christ, right? Now, in verse 3, when we was looking at it, and you, you think about What dead people were doing now, dead people were were following the course of this world, following the spirit of this age, and the evidence of that was that they was living in the passions of their desires and and, in their flesh. These was dead people. But then we was made alive together with Christ, right? We was brought back alive. We was quickened inside of our deadness, quickened And now being alive together with Christ, the evidence of of life is the spirit of God living inside of you. The evidence of life is Jesus himself now leading you. Before you was following this world and the spirit of this age, but now you're following the Holy Spirit of Christ. He's leading you and shaping your life and molding you. And the evidence of it is that he's continuing his work inside of you and through you. His ministry continues to go over because you are made alive together with him. Here's the crazy thing about it. When he says, by grace you have been saved, it's because you was too dead to even reach out to him. You was too dead to know what direction to go. You was too dead and he comes and he meets you when your dead and it's and quickens you. That was that grace. Instead of leaving you, just decaying, he would come in and meet you where you at. Live and work through you. Hmm. When we say he does this thing, this isn't like, He made you a little bit alive, and then tomorrow he makes you a little bit alive more, and then tomorrow he makes you a little bit alive. It's like when a a child is born, is born 100% alive, but through life, it learns what living looks like. He's not walking this thing out slowly. He miraculously made you alive. You have the beautiful opportunity to learn what living looks like. All you've known is death. But he made you 100% alive, not a little bit. Yes. That's the beauty of it. And that's why even this morning, slow it down and says, let us do this thing on the Easter service. Because as we celebrate a risen Savior, we have been united with that King. And so, so as he has risen, look, he's raised us up with him. As he stands victorious, look, we are victorious with him. This is something that we got to grasp, hold on. This is why we celebrate this time and this moment. Mm. You see,
0: the difference between uh, believing that you are saving yourself and that you have been made alive is drastic because some people think you got to earn your right to live, right? I got to work myself. That's, That's called maturing. You grow up for sure, right? But it doesn't make you more alive. It doesn't make you more alive. You are in Christ as alive as you can be, right? And that is a work of Christ apart from us. This is by grace that you have been saved. And if that wasn't enough, what I love about the gospel is you go, man, we could stop there. We could preach that. And then he does this word, not just, we talked about but, and that makes a big deal. But there's another word that makes a big deal, and. It could have stopped. But he said, and he has raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly Come places. Come on, this is crazy. Come on. Not just that he made us alive, but that he has not just brought us out of darkness and death and he just brought us out of slavery and just kind of brought us into his family. No, 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 he did all of that work and. He brought us into a relationship with him and he has seated us in heavenly places, which is a lot like what we've been talking about, this story of what Christ has done. Not only did he bring his children out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and the work of the gospel, not only did he bring them out, but he promised them that they would enter into a promised land, right? That they would be Ruling and reigning, and they would live in this promised land. Now, what you have to understand about this reality is that it is both already and not yet. It is a reality and a promise. Yes. You will be seated with him, Uh and you already are seated with him. This reality settles deep into us and gives us a couple. It shows us the wealth and riches and what we have been brought into in our relationship with him. And it gives us great hope of what will happen when Christ returns and makes all things new. And he has raised us up and seated us with him. That this work that he has accomplished of recreating... Is not only him doing this work of restoration, but it is him saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, have dominion and rule, that he's created us to rule with him and to be seated with him in heavenly places. This is good news. This is
1: good news. This is good news. And then we 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 slow down and we think about these these beautiful things that he's done. And here's where you you err at. When you think that he's done it just so that you could be living it up, right? When you think that he's done it because because he just wants you to have your he just wants you to just be Doing your thing, right? But no, 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 no. He has a different motive in why he does this particular thing. Why he quickens you. Why he brings you from death to life. He has a different motive, right? Here in 7 he says, so that. Once he says, so that, that's explaining why. So that. In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards those in Christ Jesus. Is like, listen, I'm going to make you alive and I'm going to, to make you free. Why? Because I want to show off my grace. Yeah. I want to show how immeasurable it is. I don't care how filthy you are and how much bondage you was in and how dead you are. I want to show off how good and gracious I am. Come on. Woo! Somebody is missing a moment to run. I'm trying to tell you. He want to show off how gracious he is by making you alive and moving inside of your life in such of a way that people look and they say, Good. Dang, he's good.
0: You know what that makes me think of? Is the time in which Jesus is in a packed house and they break open the roof. I mean, the, the, the roof is coming down, right? And they lower down this paralytic man, and, and, and everybody's looking, what is he going to do? And he says to the man, Your sins are forgiven. And everybody gets angry because. Yeah, people can heal. Doctors can do that kind of stuff. Everybody can bring health and wealth and and, and try to earn that kind of stuff and work hard and make those things happen. But this time Jesus shows your sins are forgiven because only God can take dead things and bring them back to life. And they start getting frustrated and he goes, hey, what, what, look. I'll heal the man just to show you that I'm able to forgive sins. You see, so often what we are after is health and wealth. We just want health. We just want wealth. We want prosperity. We want all these kinds of things. And we don't want life because we think where all those things come is actually in health and wealth. And what he's saying is this is far above. Like, that's cheap. My grace does far more than that. My grace does way more than just pay your bills. My grace does way more than just provide for, mm. for these, these needs. My grace does way, way more, more than just than just heal this, this body. My grace Come does on. way more. My grace takes dead things and brings it back to life and seats Woo. them with me in heavenly places. My grace does way more. And he heals it to show off, show off. what he can do. Church, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus likes to show off. He likes to show off his riches. He likes to show off his love. And the way that he does it is by bringing dead people back to life. There's some of you all in this place that you you look at, uh, why would God save me? Why would he save me? Why would he redeem me? Why would he heal me? Because he wants to show the immeasurable riches of his grace and his love. We, we, uh, we wrestle with this every year. What do you do on Easter when you have a bunch of new people here? We could try to preach a cute message. That was cute, though. We did a good job. <laughs> we could try to preach a cute message. We could try to do a lot of things to try to convince you and manipulate you and and try to say, man, say a prayer, do this, have this, give your money, come to church, fill a pew, sit in this place. Uh, but we, we, none of that can bring dead people back to life. So what we do every Easter and what we're going to continue to do for this very reason is let God show off.
1: Let him show off his grace. Let him show off through his people show off
0: his grace. what he's done. Mm. And so every Easter, we just do baptisms. Right. And the reason why is because there are people in this room uh-huh. who have been brought from death into life. Yes. I- I'm one of them. Yes. Amen. I'm one of them.
1: Mm. I'm one of them. How
0: many of y'all are one of them?
1: Come on. Come on. Come on. There I'm you one go. Of them. There you go. I'm one of Hallelujah. them. Hallelujah.
0: I was dead in trespasses and sins, but he has made us alive. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.